Welcome back to the Loving Well podcast. And you know, you can't talk about love without talking about romance. And here's a heartwarming romantic memory that one couple shared. Right after we were married, my husband was deployed to the Gulf War, the first Gulf War in 1990. He left in December, but had arranged this before he left. In the weeks previous to Valentine's Day, I had gotten puzzle pieces from hit members of his family back in Michigan, from members of my family locally, and each week a puzzle piece came and I had to put the puzzle pieces together. By Valentine's Day, the last puzzle piece had come and it was a heart, when you put the puzzle pieces together, it was a heart with an arrow shooting in it um, down inside the heart and that's our, our symbol of I love you deep down in my heart. And it's a little too late for you to be mailing puzzle pieces, but isn't that a great story? Uh, Today we're going to highlight the more romantic sides of love as we talk with Dr. Greg Smalley and his wife Erin. I'm John Fuller, and um, I guess spicing up the relationship is a way you could put this? Mm -hmm. You know, it's an important part of our relationship. You know, just the romantic gestures, romantic moments, and it's recognizing what this does for our relationship. It infuses it with such a a level of intimacy and heart connection. But you know, in the busyness of life, I know we have four kids and we both work and, you know, church responsibilities and just keeping the house running. I mean, it's, it's easy to forget or to set those things aside. And, you know, Valentine's Day comes along and we think, oh, what a great time to show up with something romantic or show up in a romantic way. But instead, why can't we do that throughout the year. And I think as we prioritize it, that and be intentional about it, then we have an opportunity throughout the year to do sweet gestures and Mm. romantic, um, create romantic moments. And I think those romantic gestures, those moments, the romance in a marriage often fades, not, not because one or the other is not really romantic. I mean, I think guys get knocked a lot for not being (laughs) romantic. I don't think that's really the problem. I think over time we've become habituated to each other. In other words, just the routine mm. that we, we've been with this person such a long time, we get in these ruts. And I think what happens is we stop being curious about the other. Because I'm telling you, the romantic stuff is good. I mean, the candlelit dinners, the candy, the flowers, I mean, all that stuff is great. But you take two people who really aren't interested in each other and you put them in the most romantic setting possible nothing's really going to happen. So it, 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 they aren't the things. Those are good. You know, I know that Aaron loves flowers, or at least I thought she did. <laughs> and John, you were actually a part of this in a, in a weird kind of way. But I, I, I went for a Valentine's Day. I asked her, you know, now I could get you flowers. I could spend like 50 bucks on flowers. Do you want those? Or would you like want 50 more dollars added to your gift card or whatever gift I was going to get? Oh, Thinking that's, yeah. you know, that's a great question. Kind Taylor, of unromantic, but a good question Well, it's, it's customizing. What do you really yeah. want? Yeah. And so she said, ah, I, I love a bigger gift card. She loves <laughs> gift cards. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, great. So I do this. So no flowers. So my precious wife on the way home from work that night, Valentine's Day, stops in at a store, grocery store. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to cook dinner at home and have kind of a family Valentine Day. And so she sees these beautiful flowers and decides to buy them for herself. So she's in line holding her own flowers at a grocery store when all of a sudden a voice behind her goes, Hey, Aaron, 
She turns around and it's Jim Daly, <laughs> our, our boss, the president of Focus on the Family, and he looks at her, the flowers in her hand, and start. You could tell he's like processing why. Why, why are you buying your own VP flowers? of marriage and Focus on the Family's wife having to buy her own flowers. And I'm telling you, he has never let me forget that. That's like five years ago, and he still mocks me because of that. Well, and here I tried to learn and understand <laughs> and be curious of what, of what she really wanted. But I'm telling you that, that if, if you want to do romance well, it has to start from this attitude of, of being curious, a belief that I am married, truly married to one of the most fascinating people on earth. And if you start from there... Right, Aaron. Then it, the 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 romantic stuff that I think means more. Well, and it just is a natural overflow. As as I'm interested in you and what means a lot to you, and and what you know would be a romantic gesture to you. Not embarrassing in front of my boss would be boring. <laughs> yeah. Just start there. I did not <laughs> do that on purpose. I was, you know, because for me. I saw the flowers as a way, you know, we were going to make a nice dinner. Yeah. And so the flowers weren't even necessarily for me, but uh-huh. it was to create the mood at our special family dinner. And so, you know, it just so happened. I don't know. Maybe God put Jim Daly right behind <laughs> me to teach you something. I don't and know. You just shared with our whole just audience. Saying. So <laughs> I hope folks will weigh in. They'll send us a note or uh, go on Facebook and say, I can't believe what I just heard. Uh, we're going to hear a humorous tag, and I've enjoyed the laughter. I love that aspect of your relationship. We want to take a humorous look at romance uh, as we talk uh, on Loving Well about the romantic side of the relationship. We have Pastor Ted Cunningham from the Date Night Challenge, which was a marriage event that we hosted back uh, some years ago here at Focus on the Family. We recorded that. That DVD is available at focusonthefamily.com slash lovingwell as our essential romance bundle. Let's go ahead and listen in to some fun suggestions from Ted Cunningham about adding romance to your marriage. Well, it is good to be here. Hebrews 13.4 says, Marriage should be honored by all and the marriage bed kept pure. Now, I grew up in an independent, fundamental, premillennial, King James Version-only Baptist church. And so I really shouldn't even be here tonight. Because you all got some... (laughs) Anyway, I I grew up in a church and a home that taught me how to love Jesus. But I grew up in a church and a home that taught me how to honor purity, but not necessarily how to honor marriage. But I think Christians should be leading out in this. Husband and wife, the marriage bed kept pure. We, We can have a lot of creative ideas in the marriage bedroom without bringing anything from the world into it. And all God's people said, you're like, I don't know. (laughs) Depends on how far he's going to go with this. I'm going to start with the guys just to help you out because I love you and I care for you. And this is pastoral uh, care tonight. I want to give you a list on how to prepare your wife for a night of romance. Okay, and if you're not having taken any notes, this is the time to start. And get your phone out and you start writing it down because we believe in our home, men are microwaves, women are crockpots. That's number one. We actually got a candle that we call the crockpot candle. And when that candle's lit, it means tonight's the night. 
I taught my kids to play with matches. You guys light that thing anytime you want. I've lost count of how many times we've blown the candle out because of you kids. But the candle can be lit, and it means, okay, we have all day. So, guys, this is all day. We're preparing her for a night of romance. Okay, number one, it starts early in the morning. Number two, give her a non-sexual touch before you leave the house. That's what we call an NST, okay? Dr. Gary Smalley says you need 12 of those a day, and it's not 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. You know what a non-sexual touch is, right? It's the hair over the ear. It's a hand on the back. Is it the, maybe opening a door and the hand on the small of the back? Driving down the road, a hand on the thigh, holding hands, a gentle kiss on the cheek. That's a non-sexual touch. Okay? Call her during the day. Just add it to the list. Call her during the day for no purpose other than to connect with her. Just to say, hey, how you doing? I'm just calling to say, I want you to know I'm at work but I'm thinking of you. Mm. Get home a little bit early. Do something domestic. If you beat your wife home, get the dishwasher started. You, the key here is you don't even need dishes in it. Just get the dishwasher started. The sound of the dishwasher going on does something to my wife. I can't explain it. But when I do any sort of cleaning around the house, she's like, and when she just looks at me, we don't even have to communicate with words anymore. She looks at me like, you are my man. <laughs> the candle is lit. And off we go. Now, see, all of this is building. Right? And I, I try to help my brothers along in this because they're like, well, we don't really connect all day, and we've been tired, and... Well, she's working, and I'm working, and we're doing the kids' activities, and we're getting home. But, but I always like to go into the kitchen about 9 o'clock and tap her and be like, hey, baby, you want to go? And she says, no. Right? You haven't prepared me. Right? For a woman, sexual interest is driven by, by energy. But this is, why, this is why you have to remove distractions. And in our home right now, we got a 10-year-old distraction and a 12-year-old distraction. And most nights, the candle's lit. I have to run around the house going, stay away from your mother. Right? Leave her alone. Go to your room right now. I just have to say something to mom. No, you're going to say nothing to mom. You're going to leave mom alone. You can talk to her in the morning. Amy, honestly, after a couple hours, she'll come out of the bedroom after taking a bath or something. She'll be like, hey, where are the kids? They're safe. That's all you need to know. You focus. You stay. I bet that you guys know what I'm talking about. She, you've done all this work. You've worked for 12 hours. And the kid can say or do something. I'm not really in the mood. You stay focused. I'll take care of the kids. You got to bring some candles into the bedroom. And this is where the ladies start to go, I'm kind of insecure about my body. Well, put a votive in the far corner of the room. Make him squint. But get a candle. Okay, that's enough for the guys. Ladies, here's my list for you on how to prepare your husband for romance. Show up naked. That's it. 
We don't need no calls during the day just to see how we're doing. We're fine. The house doesn't even need to be clean. You'd be amazed at how dirty it can be. Marriage should be honored by all. You know, that means every single, every married, young, old, it doesn't matter. All of us are called to esteem marriage as highly valuable. I think we've gotten away from this next key uh, verse in the Scripture. It's, it's found in Ecclesiastes 9, 7 through 9. It says this, Go and eat your food with gladness. Drink your wine with a joyful heart. We were independent, fundamental, premillennial, king, James, virgin, only Baptist. We never did that part. We left that part out. <laughs> It says, eat your food with gladness, drink your wine with a joyful heart, for now God favors what you do, but not the independent Baptist, but God favors it. <laughs> always be clothed in white and always anoint your head with oil, speaking there of joy and festivity. And then verse 9 says this, endure life with your wife all your miserable days. I love going to churches where Bibles are closed, and I misquote that verse like that. I'll say, endure life with your wife all your miserable days, and I'll always get a few, mm. It's good. It's good. And I'll say, that's not what it says. You know what it says? And it's the only place in your Bible where it says this. Enjoy life with your wife, whom you love, all your meaningless days. For this is your lot in life and in your toilsome labor under the sun. In other words, you can enjoy life and marriage at the same time. Part of esteeming marriage as highly valuable is reminding all of us that you don't have to choose between life and wife. It's so you learn to enjoy one another. And here's one of the little tools that we've picked up. And actually, I picked this up from my friends Jason Earls and John Brannion. They're, they're comedians, and they have a, a and they, they both did it tonight. You maybe didn't even know they were doing it. They have what's called in comedy the callback. The callback, it's what makes your favorite comedian your favorite comedian. It's what makes your favorite sitcom your favorite sitcom. And, and here's how it works. Something happens. There's an event. You put a little space between the event, but then you bring the callback in at a later time. It's Jeff Foxworthy, right? Anytime he says, you might be a redneck, we all die laughing. Bill Ingvall, here's your sign, right? They, those are the callbacks those guys have. And we've decided we need some callbacks in our marriage in order to enjoy one another. My wife, she, she's a foodie. Do we have any foodies in here? Let me see the hands of all the foodies. Okay, I'm not a foodie. What a foodie means is you go into a restaurant and you never leave full. That's the definition of a foodie. Small portions, big prices. We're in New York. She walks me into this restaurant, and I sit down I'm like, oh, this is going to be bad. I'm not going to get enough food. Waiter walks over. He has a plank, and there's a mint leaf sticking out this side and a mint leaf sticking out that side. And I ask him, is that the salad? Is this where we're starting this thing? And I kid you not, he says, no, here's what the chef recommends, that you take the mint leaf, you begin rubbing it over your lips and under your nose and on your chin. You just really begin. It's going gonna, it's gonna to prepare you for the meal. I look over. My wife's totally into it. I'm still holding mine. And I told the guy, I said, you know, I grew up in Illinois where we grew a lot of produce. We just never once thought about rubbing it on our faces. And I think if a husband and a wife are going to rub vegetables on their face together, I think it should be done in privacy, and you don't even need to be here right now. He wouldn't leave, so because he wouldn't leave, I decided I'm going to wear this mint leaf out. So I'm, 
rub it, and I hand it back to him, and he takes it off. But now watch the callback, because my wife knows that is just not a comfortable situation for me. And, and I hear guys say this to me a lot. They'll say things like, yo, that's her thing, it's not my thing. But compatibility is her thing becoming your thing and your thing becoming her thing. And finding ways to enjoy it. So here's the callback on that one. Now, when we're at my favorite restaurant, Le Cracker Barrel, <laughs> all I have to do is lean over, grab a piece of her broccoli and go like that a little bit. <laughs> and she's ready to go. That's turning conflict into a callback. And let me tell you, we want your callbacks. We would love for you to hit social media with the callback. And, and you just have to make the decision, right? The decision to stay married flows from your character. That commitment flows from character. And character trumps compatibility. Compatibility flows from your character. And we have received some great callbacks from those out on tour. And one of my favorite ones comes from a guy. He, he said, my wife called me at work one day. And, and the toilet was running. And I told her to go over, take the lid off the top, and look down the chains probably on the bottom. Just reach down, grab the chain, put it back, and, he go, and, and he's explaining it to her, and she goes, ew! She says, I'm not reaching my hand in there, disgusting! And he goes, honey, it's clean water. It's like the water that comes out of the sink, and he has to talk her into it. So he finally talks her into reaching her hand in there. But right before... <laughs> Right before she does, she asks him the question, oh, am I going to get electrocuted? <laughs> and he came up with the most brilliant callback. He said, honey, you have to unplug the toilet first. <laughs> Thank you very much, Day Night Comedy Tour. It's been great being with you. You've been a lot of fun tonight. Thanks. Oh, Ted Cunningham has such a great way of presenting biblical truth and making us smile. And you can get a copy of the entire message uh, from Ted and so much more from some other great comedians on the Date Night Challenge Comedy Edition DVD. It's a lot of fun to watch and takes a very positive, upbeat look at marriage. Uh, make a donation to the work of Focus on the Family, which just in the past 12 months has helped about a million marriages either uh, be stronger or to come back from the brink of crisis. Uh, so please donate today. We'll send that DVD to you when you make a generous donation to Focus on the Family. Uh, just stop by focusonthefamily.com slash lovingwell. We also have the Cherish list there as well. And I'm telling you, this is such an amazing opportunity because... When you create a cherish list, what you're doing is you're thinking about your spouse and the things that you love, your favorite things about your spouse, their personality, their character qualities, how they live out their spirituality, and whatever it is, you're making this list. And what that does is when you make that list, it, it, it helps to cement how valuable your spouse is. And the more valuable your spouse is, the more likely then you are going to be interested in just continuing on an ongoing basis to, to really get to know them. You, but, but you're not going to be curious about someone that you don't first value. That's why taking this download, filling it out, 
can be such a strong step in your marriage. Yeah, this is a really great little download. Use a color printer. It's got five things to put down as to why you cherish your spouse and then some other suggestions and uh, talking points for you. It's a great resource, and it's at focusonthefamily.com slash lovingwell. Now, Ted touched on something that we've talked before about, and he said romance looks different for men and women. And you've seen, uh, Greg and Aaron, those kinds of relationship differences in your own marriage, haven't you? Oh, absolutely. And it's it's so fun because the things that are romantic for me I'm guessing are shocking to Greg. I mean, things like, you know, when he empties the dishwasher, that really is very attractive to me, you know? I go home now. Folding, yeah, exactly. When I walk in the house and I see him folding laundry, wow. Or, you know, if he, if he takes me, if, he say, if I'm going to the grocery store and he, said, you know, he says, hey, you know, can I go with you? That's like, you know, Costco's never looked so romantic to me. You know, there's many opportunities in Costco. We have all kinds of things we can do there. And free food. I know, for, free uh, snacks and right. there's flowers there. Date. Can be a great date night. Yeah. So it it is going to look different because Greg, I'm guessing for you those things aren't super romantic. Yeah, those things would probably <laughs> not do it for me when you're folding laundry or emptying the dishwasher. Thank you. But it's not uh, romantically putting me in the mood of any sorts. I think when you take the time to actually get out with me out of the house, which can take a lot of effort with the kids and just figuring out what to do, that, that I think that's been some of the most romantic experiences that we've had together. I remember one time we uh, finally got out of the house, surprised Aaron with some tickets to a theater show. I think it was a, a, a music group mm-hmm. that was coming through that we both loved in high school. So... She was surprised, loved it, sitting in the theater. I've got my arm around her. I mean, just listening to this music, it was great. I mean, that that was romantic. Score. And, and the song came on, yeah. and she went, oh, I love this. It's like one of my favorite songs. And I thought, I love this song. And it was like a, a an image popped in my mind, like a reminiscing of when we were dating. And I went, oh, do you remember when we were first dating and the song came on and, and we're driving and you kind of gave me that look. And so I pulled off into this parking lot. We just sat there, listened to the song, smooched. I said, do you remember that? And it was awesome. She smiled real big and went, oh, that's a great memory. But that wasn't me. So you want to talk about romance killers, make sure that your memories are with your spouse. Um, I know we're getting older and, you know, memries. Still say it was her. It was not me because I know who it was. So I'm going to talk about who it was. No. Should we move on? We have more from Ted Cunningham if that would take the pressure off. (laughs) But I love that when when we get to go and do something like that, we go Mm -hmm. on this adventure, like go and do a theater, listen to an old group, even if I remember things wrong, some of the details. Tells that still was romantic to me. Well, men and women don't always consider the same things romantic, but Cindy Dagnan has some insights about how women typically do view romance. Uh, Cindy is an author, and she's spoken at countless conferences and retreats around the world. Here now is Focus on the Family president, Jim Daly. 
Cindy, uh, talk about how women generally view romance. Uh, I think a lot of guys would be kind of in the dark. I mean, how does a woman view romance? To me, this is one of the big paradoxes. We are we are liberated women. We're smart, and we can vote, and we can own property, and we can do all the things, sort of. Uh, but we still are very traditional. For you to have put some thought in something, for you to have noticed that we are dying to have this book, and it's by our favorite author, and you bring it home. Or uh, a few times when my husband noticed that the kids and me at home were not being a good thing. He'd take all four of them, load them up, get me a magazine, come back, make spaghetti, and say, your job is to sit in the chair and look at this magazine. Uh, flowers still work. Any kind of a surprise. And, of course, this varies from woman to woman. But it's amazing to me that as modern as we are, in our hearts, we like that. And the hidden part of romance that you guys probably will never understand fully is that we sort of want you to read our minds. And since you can't realistically do that, and by the way, girls, we need to be better at telling our husbands what we want. That's not That's fair. True. Although I always tell my husband, but you're a detective, so why can't you figure <laughs> this out? That's not good. Um, that isn't <laughs> That's good. unfair. <laughs> it is unfair, and he would tell you that. Uh, but if you're good students of us, the way you were in your dating, it will give you uh, it's why you hear in an argument with your wife things like, you've got to be kidding me. We've been married for 16 years and you don't know that that bugs me or you don't know that I like this. And what we're really saying is pay attention to me. Love on me in a tangible way. But we tend to throw out hints. And when we say, I don't care what we do, I don't care where we go, after courtship, we tend to not mean that. You know, when we're dating and you say, I don't care where you pick, honey, as long as I'm with you, we genuinely mean that. Something awful happens, um, like in year three, and you don't mean that. You're expecting him to guess. And when he says, where do you want to eat? I'm thinking, oh, by now, don't you know this is Red Onion? <laughs> we should be eating at the Red Onion Cafe. Uh, or we'll say, oh, honey, it doesn't matter to me. You choose. And inside, we're rooting for something. And I think the husband's point of view would be, why don't you just say so then? Yeah, Cindy, I would Cindy, really the like problem to. is you changed the rule and you didn't tell us. <laughs> Cindy, th that idea of hopefulness without high expectation, that's what you're driving at. Be hopeful, but keep your expectations reasonable. Reasonable maybe is better than low, yes. And that's because... Um, one of my friends and I were talking one time about even when you read Christian fiction, if it's romantic in nature, you can compare when I'm writing, I'm working on a fiction piece right now. And when I'm writing it, I can make my characters do and say anything that I want to. Sometimes that doesn't pan out in your budget. And so when we choose to say, uh, for example, the night that uh, our septic tank at the old farmhouse exploded. I wanted exploded, to hear this story. Um, that's what really reshaped my idea of romance. I was like 10 and a half months pregnant with our fourth <laughs> child. <laughs> and I went downstairs. You know, when boys say they're going to get ready for bed, they mean I'm going to brush my teeth, take off my jeans, and I'm in bed. We say that as moms, as wives, and we what we mean is I'm going to floss and do my facial mask and take off my mascara and make all the lunches and make sure everything's picked up and put in the laundry. And I was doing this sort of thing and the septic tank literally exploded and everything that was in that downstairs bathroom from the septic system literally hit the ceiling and started raining down and I'm screaming Greg Greg and he thought I was in early labor and I'm crying because you know I'm emotional and hormonal plus it's gross and so I'm crying for him and he says go back upstairs I, I can't do anything for you and the best thing I can do for you is clean it up and I stood and we had these beautiful windows uh, that overlooked that field and he marched back and forth took all of those things over there bucket after bucket of this went to all night Walmart bought me the new little fuzzy uh, rugs that go everywhere because he knew I would never use those again 
And in the next morning when I woke up, he said, honey, did I do good? And it was sparkling and it was beautiful. And he had further taken the time to buy glass chalk and write in reverse. So I would see it backing out. Uh, GD plus CD equals true love forever. And I thought that is romance to literally clean up everything from a backed up septic system (laughs) and, and just send me to bed and take care of it. No complaints. No reminding of, look what I did for you. And it just, it literally made me cry because I thought that is romantic. Uh, Why don't we turn a moment and talk about the impact of children on romance. You know, so much of the energy goes toward the kids that sometimes we can be a little negligent and forget to do romantic things. I'll confess that. Mm. At times, I try. But uh, that is a problem for marriages with young kids particularly, but probably kids of all ages. That's absolutely right. And I think we're unprepared for how baby's going to change everything. I know I pictured myself just getting a cute little baby gear and the baby would just come along with me, fit in my schedule, and it would change pretty much nothing about my life. Um, that, of course, is a big joke. I can practically hear women snorting Starbucks up their nose as they're driving <laughs> listening to this. But um, one of the things I think that we have to realize is for the women especially, it is so easy to be tempted to put our marriage on hold. We're going to wait until the kid sleeps through the night or until our children are potty trained, until they're all in school, and so on and so on. And that's one of the reasons that huge divorce numbers are taking place between years 24 and 27. There's nothing to talk about after there's no more pediatrician visits and field trip permission slips to sign. And we have got to be cognizant of that the whole time. What can a couple do to uh, restore that? Well, one of the things I think you need to do is, I know we've hyped date night to the nth degree and the experts say you should have one every week, but let's just be real here. That doesn't always fit with our time budget or our money budget. So one of the things that I recommend doing is connecting every single day. And it is not a bad thing once you've hugged on the kids, when you get home from work in the end of the evening, to sit down and say, mom and dad are going to talk to each other for a little bit. We'll set the timer if you have to for 20, 10 30 minutes, minutes, 20 minutes, depending on the age of your yeah. kids. And they'll get used to that. We're just going to talk. And just unwind together that way. Now that our girls are older, one of the things that we do is uh, we'll watch MASH when they go to bed. Pop some popcorn, sit together on the couch, uh, talk. It doesn't cost a lot of money, but it's funny. We remember watching it in high school. And we do take date dates every month. And that's something that's been important to our budget. And for the young families out there, I would say what we did is we traded babysitting with another family in the church. They Mm -hmm. had three kids. We had four. And what worked for us was to do it from 1230 to 530 on Sunday afternoon because we could pick up each other's kids from church. We put a five-hour time limit on it so we could still be friends. (laughs) Because, you know, let's face it, sometimes uh, other couples get the short end of the deal depending on how the children are behaving that day. And we could go out to lunch and go to a movie and or just talk and walk. And it didn't cost us the babysitting fee because otherwise, you know, you're paying someone so that you can go sit in the car in your garage and talk. And you've done that. I have. I mean, I'm, I'm desperate. Um, it is easier a little. And, and hold on to that. As they get older, while you can't totally neglect that, we can walk around the neighborhood and know that they're okay. Mm. And we can take a walk yeah. without them. And, and as you get teenagers, you may have to say, Dad and I call the downstairs. From 9 o'clock on, we call the downstairs with the fireplace. We don't want to hear any little feet on the stairs for any reason. You know, Cindy, you mentioned uh, when the kids get older, and I found that teenagers seem to come alive around, oh, 10 o'clock at night. And That's and I can't tell you how often um, my wife is in bed, and I, I want to go to bed. I'd like to talk to her and just have some quiet moments with her. But I've got one or two teenage girls standing there or sitting on the bed talking, and I just have to wait. I mean, it can get frustrating, mm-hmm. e- uh, not easier when they're older, but uh, even a little more frustrating, it seems. 
I would absolutely agree with that because you don't want to lose the teachable moments you have with your kids and you can't always kick them out. But I think sometimes in good humor, you can say, okay, this is my time with mom. Eden walked in on us. That's our oldest one time. We were, the door was wide open, but she came in and Greg was sitting on the end of the bed kissing me. And she said, oh, gross, guys, get a room. <laughs> and Greg said, I would like to point out this is our room. It's yes. like, oh, yeah. And she just kind of backed out. As they get older, we always have, that's a private thing, but it is good for children to know mom and dad also need some time. And unless there's, a, you know, just this marvelous bonding thing or this urgent crisis going on, sometimes we can say in a sweet, joking way, hey, guys. See ya. It's it's our time. And mm. a lock on the bedroom door and a fake fireplace in your bedroom and some candles and some music so that little kids cannot hear what's going on, or even if you're just going to talk. And if we're going to have that sort of romance, even if it's not quite the same and some of it's a little tireder, it's going to take effort. And I think that is maybe the one thing moms don't want to hear when the kids are really little. Cindy, let me ask you this. Um, prayer in the romance, in the relationship, the marital relationship. It's critical, isn't it? It is. In fact, I, I wouldn't have maybe even 10 years ago have put that on my top list of romantic things. But as I watch my husband grow, there are times that that he's I've woken him up in the middle of the night and he's prayed out loud for me. Mm. Every time before I go on a speaking engagement, he will pray with me and pray over me. And that just makes me feel so secure to hear the out loud head of our house, love of my life, be my biggest fan. He is always the one saying, honey, I'll miss you, but go. I believe in your message. I'm proud of you for what you're doing. And that just speaks the world to your spouse either way that it goes when we say to them, I am praying for you and we mean it. I have a prayer card that has a list of, of my husband's needs on it and things that I can think of to pray for him. And sometimes I'll just text him. That's a, you know, a new way in this day and age we've got just, honey, I'm thinking of you. I really appreciate you for being strong when I can't be. And that he, he has said that just, he can just float at work on that. Yeah. It doesn't take That's too much thing. time. Uh, retrain your mind to think back to your, your honeymoon mindset. I like the idea of displaying a courtship or a honeymoon picture rather than a wedding picture, just something a little different. And we might want to, uh, one of the traditions in our house, and you could do it on Valentine's Day because on our anniversary, we watch our wedding video. Sure, we know what's going to happen. And we tease sometimes, oh, I bet now she's going to say I do. But what we're doing is we're recalling the atmosphere among those things. Hold hands and guys, open the doors for your, your wife. If you haven't done that and you're going to go out to dinner, then do that because she's usually probably juggling a diaper bag or a large purse that's the size of luggage. And girls, uh, listen to your husband. Really listen. Don't do it with your head over the magazine. Look at him and listen to him and don't interrupt him and remind each other again why it is that you've loved each other. Girls, you might want to get your husband a new tie and fix him a candlelight dinner while the kids are at grandma's and just wear the tie and nothing else and say happy Valentine's Day. Uh, he'll like the tie because there you are. Uh, just remember that sense of wonder. And that is a God-given thing that we can pray for. The more that we focus on that, the more that we look at our husbands through the eyes of love. One of the things that I tell women to do is look at your husband like another woman would. You will see him freshly because it's not you. You're not looking at all the secrets and all the junk and all the things that bother you. You're looking at this guy that's great at what he does at work. People go to him as a problem solver. He has this skill. He has this great thing. And you need to remember that. And guys, you need to remember that about us. It's hard work trying to keep you happy and keep the home tranquil and work with our kids and sometimes work outside the home as well. It's a job, no matter which way you've got it. It's a job to be a wife and a mother. 
I love how Cindy encouraged women to have realistic expectations of their husband for romance. And, you know, that that's going to look different in each and every marriage based on, you know, what is romantic to each of you. And, you know, as a woman, I also like to initiate romance. And, you know, that's that's something in our marriage that might look different in, mm. in other marriages. You know, as we come up on Valentine's Day, I'm just thinking about all the expectations. You use that word, Erin, all of the uh, associations with the big Valentine's Day celebration. And sometimes you just have to set those aside. Mm-hmm. It's a good reminder that it's not, we don't want to put it all, and Greg, you uh, talked about this earlier, we, we have to have a mindset that transcends Valentine's Day, don't we? It really does. The word celebrate is all about having fun and enjoying one another. So just take the pressure off and just say, whatever happens, let's just laugh and have fun, and something inevitably will go wrong, so let's just laugh about it, (laughs) be flexible. But the deeper meaning is so important when you think about celebrate, which is to honor something. This is a chance for us not to get caught up in what the world wants and all the money that we have to spend and all that. Don't make it about that. Make it about this relationship of ours, this marriage is so valuable to me. Let's go out and, and celebrate that. And, and so you just make it a statement that, that man, let's have fun, but I value this relationship enough to take some time to go out and actually do something that we both enjoy. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm going to remind you that one easy step you can take is uh, just open your computer or go to your phone, hit the website, and download the Cherish list. And it's a very easy step-by-step way for you to start thinking anew about how to really express love to your spouse and celebrate the marriage in a way that goes way beyond February 14th. Stop by focusonthefamily.com slash lovingwell to get that PDF. And uh, while you're there, look for the Essentials of Romance Bundle, which includes three books, uh, one written by Greg and Aaron called The Little Book of Great Dates, and it's got that Date Night Challenge Comedy Edition DVD. We heard from Ted Cunningham earlier that was excerpted from that DVD. Uh, lots of great stuff for you. Just stop by focusonthefamily.com slash lovingwell to find them. And as you make your donation, John, what I love is that in this past year, over 810,000 marriages were strengthened. So that money that you're giving is strengthening marriages, but... I think even more exciting is that over 170,000 couples on the brink of divorce changed their mind, got the help that they needed, and and their marriage is becoming stronger. Yeah, that's a number that just astounds me, and uh, it's a way that God has enabled Focus on the Family to speak into marriage relationships that are both healthy and not so healthy, and we're so grateful for your financial partnership and your prayer partnership please uh, do pray for the ministry and donate as you can at focusonthefamily.com slash lovingwell. Don't forget to tell a friend about these podcasts, share a link on your social media feeds, and leave a rating for us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And plan to join us next time as we share how you can have more fun in your marriage. 
I mean, research is really strong that when couples have one date night per week, their level of happiness, their relationship satisfaction, their communication, and their sexual satisfaction is three and a half times higher than those who aren't regularly dating. And so... <laughs> That's, okay, guys, did you hear that? 350% yeah. higher. Higher. There you go. Wow. More from Greg and Aaron Smalley and a special interview with Ted Cunningham next time on the Loving Well Podcast. <laughs>